we're in a series we've been talking this last week. We, we started a series called Tell the World. Come on, Tell the World. And uh, we started off a conversation talking about the gospel. The gospel, man, the greatest story that any human will ever hear in their lifetime or any human can ever hear is the story of the gospel, a message about Jesus Christ, the Son of God coming to a broken world, dealing with death, dealing with sin, and setting us free, that we have a new life in Christ, and we can move forward. The greatest story. Now, here's the deal. Outside of the gospel, the story about Jesus Christ, the second greatest story that could be told is your story and my story of how the gospel worked inside of us. Outside of the story of the gospel, the greatest story to ever be told is our story. So in here today, we want to talk about, if you want to take notes, you can write this cross topic paper, testify. Come on, testify, right? Testify, tell somebody of the goodness of Jesus Christ. Testify. Now, how many guys love a good story? Anybody here, you just love a good story, right? Movies, books, reality TV shows, loving a good story. Story. There's now there's all types of different stories that are out there, but love a good story. Like love stories, right? Love stories. The notebook. Come on, if you don't love the notebook, I don't know that you will ever love in your life, okay? <laughs> Come on, notebook. Oh, it just draws you in. Everybody wants to be loved and everybody wants to be cared for and everybody wants to be known. And oh, and the notebook just brings us all in. Like, oh my god, it's so beautiful. Right? It's a good story. You think about you, you think about stories like good and evil. Uh, the Star Wars is immediately what goes to my head on Darth Vader, oh, Luke. You know that the good and evil stories that come out, the courage and redemption, those type those type of things come out. Courage and uh, you think about like um, what would be like courageous stories, courage and perseverance. That'd be like Gladiator for me. Oh, you're not right. I, I mean, I love that story. Braveheart, courage, perseverance. Rudy, I don't know, man. Maybe that's more a comeback story. Something like that. But, but stories draw us in. Our hearts are in it. I mean, emotions are through it. I mean, I've cried in theaters. I've cheered in theaters. You know, I've cried reading books. I mean, I, I mean I've cried watching this earlier. You know, it's just like seeing people's stories, it's just so powerful because it draws you in. And oftentimes we see ourselves in the story. I mean, that's where it's at. It, it draws us in. It, see, we see ourselves. We see our longings, we see our hopes, we see some of our redemption. You're like, man, we, you know, some of our courage, right? I felt inspired through stories. Stories have so much power to encourage and strengthen and build up and, and tell people and encourage people. And the same thing would be true about our story, the things that Jesus is doing in our lives, the things that Jesus has done inside of our lives. It's an incredible story, and it's a story that I believe needs to be told. Needs to be told. This story should and needs to be told. The story of what Jesus has done in your life and the story of what he's doing in my life. Testifying to the goodness of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but man, a story, a story that's drawn you in. I can think about a story that, man, uh, uh, started in a place where, man, it was, it was humble beginnings. The start of something. I remember back in eighth grade and it was a cool crisp morning hanging out and the sun was just coming up and feel the I can still to this day feel the 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 crispness of the air and the coolness of the air and and then all of a sudden the sun just appearing it was like at this moment that it happened this this girl just came out of nowhere 
and turned her head and the air just, I mean, the hair just flowed and her skin just glistened for a second. And here I am 25 years later and two kids, man, in Jesus' name. It's a great story, right? It all starts somewhere. There, every great story starts somewhere. There's a, there's a beginning to the story. Anybody that would tell a story, they got to start somewhere. And if there's no, you don't bring somebody. And great stories have like this, this, this character reveal and the tension and the pain revealed in it. And then, you know, you get into all, you don't know the, the overcoming part until you've understand the trial and the frustration and the pain and the, and all the hurt and the loss. And the, you don't understand the like climax of the movie or the book or the story unless you go back to the beginning. Right, you think about one of the greatest shows whenever I was growing up. I mean, the whole thing starts every single episode with the beginning, right? Come on, you remember back in the day? Yeah, okay. For some of you young people, are like, what is this? For the elders, they're like, yeah, 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 we know about this. Now, this is a story, story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute and just sit right there. there. I'll tell you how I became the, the prince of a town from Bel Air. All right, now. Hey. Now, what's the reality? All Will Smith is trying to say right here is this. I got to start to my story. My story wasn't so good. Hey, I got in a fight back in Philadelphia, and I got sent off with my auntie and uncle in Bel Air, right? And then the whole, the whole story after that is the story of him becoming the Prince of Bel Air, and it was fun, and everybody enjoyed it. It was one of the greatest shows of all time, right? It's, it's incredible, but there's a start to it. The same thing would be true about our story inside of this room right now. Everybody's got to start. We have a starting point where there's pain. We got a starting point where there's frustration. We got a starting point where we've gone our own way. Number one, if you want to write it down, testimonies tell of the trouble of life. Testimonies start by telling the trouble of life. That's what it's about. You, you have this moment in time and you, you have this journey, this thing that you were on. Second Peter would say, you know, each has gone their own way. But each of us have gone in the going our own way has had this moment of turning, this turning where we turn towards the shepherd, the guardian of our lives, right? The leader of our lives. But it starts in this place where we go our own way. The challenge is we were born into sin. With born, born into sin, we have this place, this, this thing on the inside of us. It's like, ah, we know better. Come on, all the teenagers in the house. Come on, this is where you say amen, teenagers. Come on, help a brother out. Come on, all the young adults in here, amen? amen. We want to go our own way. There's this like, we, we know better. Who's to tell me, right? Probably one of the greatest challenges for a young person today is authority, right? Because one, there's not a lot of parents in the home anymore. They're seeking, searching, all this stuff. We're not talking about that today. That's family series. But there's a absentee parenting, right? There's no parents in the home to lead children. So children, children don't have authority and everything they see on TV and all the media sources and outlets is telling them that authorities are idiots. I mean, I grew up in the MTV generation. Authorities are idiots. They are. Until, you know, you face the consequences of not having authority. <laughs> right? Every, every, every journey, there's a start to it. There's, there's pain that comes with it. All of it. The deal is, I, I'm just saying, embrace it. Each of us have gone our own way. And today, your journey may have started in a place where you're not sitting here like, man, it was like this rough beginning, you know, dysfunctional house, and man, it led me down this journey where abuse and blah, you know, you got all these different things that has led towards collateral damage inside of your life. Maybe it's a different story for you 
where your start wasn't, it's not all that bad, right? Your mom and dad were in the house and, you, you know, you went to a good school and, you know. But each of us, maybe the story is like that. You Parents weren't in the house. You were trying to figure things out. You, fa- you found abuse at a very young age and it led you into a journey of pain and struggle. Wherever it may be, the journey starts in a place of we've gone our own way. We rejected God and said, you know, we know better. We got this thing figured out, God. We're going to go our own way. You know, the Apostle Paul, if you look at some of the most uh, influential individuals in the faith, when, it, when, when Christianity, Jesus gives his life, lays it down, one of the most instrumental individuals that has impacted faith, I would say two individuals. One would be the Apostle Paul. And then Constantine, when he made the Christianity the state religion or the, the empire religion of Rome, which spread all throughout. I mean, Roman Catholicism was rooted in this one man's conversion that made it a, you know, a religion of Rome, Christian, you know, Christianity. This moment in time. But the Apostle Paul is in this place where he has a journey. You could probably say about the Apostle Paul that it wasn't necessarily a bad one. Maybe you're in here today and you're like... Yeah, it wasn't necessarily a, a, a challenge or a struggle for me. But here's the Apostle Paul's journey. He grew up in a great house. He grew up in a great home, a very intellectual home. He grew up and he was, he was trained under a very uh, uh, acclaimed um, uh, leader um, and, and was well-educated. I mean, he's, he was like, he's, he's it. But here's the deal about the Apostle Paul. As a Pharisee, very educated, loved God, was trying to protect the Jewish faith, was trying to, trying to protect, man, what, what that has been established, God's law, and finding himself in a place where his motives were good. He wanted to honor God with his life. He wanted to protect the Jewish faith, but his actions were off. Best of intentions, wrong actions. And you may be in here today, and this might be your journey. Everything's good. You got the best of intentions, but your actions are way off today. You're trying to be a good person, but in all of what you're trying to do in goodness, it isn't actually lining up in godliness. The best of intentions. You're not trying to hurt anybody or harm anybody, but in the process of your journey, you still are going your own way, and you're out of alignment with the will of God for your life. The Apostle Paul found himself here on the journey where all of a sudden the the Christian faith is popping off, and, and in this religious zealousness, he, he begins to come against them. You're going to Acts chapter 9, I believe, Acts chapter 9. There you go. It says, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to what? Kill the Lord's followers. Wow. <sighs> you know how much of this is happening today? We have a Christian faith of carnivores. People don't follow the way they follow. People don't do it the way they do it. And all of a sudden, they cannibalize their own faith. Baptists, oh, they don't do it right. Methodists, oh, they don't do it right. Right? They're off. They're wrong. We're the body of Christ. Different denominations, one belief. Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of the world. The model is different. We don't want to cannibalize ourselves. We want to support each other. Amen? Now, I, I would speak that inside of this house here today. Be careful. Be careful on cannibalizing other people that don't practice the way you practice. Right? Pearl Street Church isn't like, look at us, we're so cool and lights and all this stuff. And pastor gets up there and like preaches different. Here's the deal. We're not inviting people to come to our to come have an experience with our church. They will have an experience with our church. 
We're coming people to experience Jesus Christ in him. And if we're inviting people to our experiences, they'll fall in love with the experience and not Jesus. That is the reason for the experience, right? You can find Jesus in a Methodist church on the backside of Podunk, whatever, just as much as you can find him inside of here. So we don't want to get caught up in cannibalizing. We're going to get caught up in the life of Jesus Christ and making him known inside of our world. Amen? That's a side note that nobody's probably going to get else for today. But come on, we gotta, we, we're part of the body of Christ. So he went uh, to the high priest. What did he do? He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for them their co- uh, cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way uh, he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Best of intentions, protecting the Jewish faith, wrong in action. Everybody's got to start to the journey. Everybody's got a place. Everybody's got pain points. I call them convergence points. Everybody's got a convergence point. If you've got to start to the journey, everybody's got pain. Everybody's got a struggle. Everybody's got something. We each have gone our own way, but where's the turning at? What's going to happen in the turn? My own journey, sexually molested at seven years old, found myself in a place exposed to ideas and concepts that were far different than I would ever dream. Found myself where men in a broken state, insecurity, lost in life. The enemy thought he had me. I'll tell you this today. He had me for a decade. But he didn't get me for life because of Jesus. He had me for a decade, but he didn't have me for life. He had me for a decade. From 7 to 17, I found myself in a broken place. Ah, why am I struggling? But God. But God stepped into the journey, right? But God stepped into the journey. So everybody's got pain. What is the pain that you're walking through? I want you to start looking at. Everybody's got a testimony. This isn't about, you know, oh, come to my church. This is Jesus did something inside of my life. If you want a testimony, you got to know where you came from. You got to know the sin that was operational. You got to know how you've gone your own way. There's power in our testimony. Revelation 12, 11 right here. There's power in the testimony. We're overcomers by the blood of the lamb, the life of Jesus Christ that was laid down to pay the price for our sin, his life for our life, and the power of our testimony. Every believer should have a testimony. If you said yes to Jesus Christ, you got a testimony. Right, and I'm, I'm going to go hard in the pain on this here today because we live too much in churches that say, come to my church and not let me tell you my story. We don't want people coming to experience church. We want people to come and experience Jesus Christ and the transformative power that can happen in people's life. This ain't about experiencing church. It's about experiencing Jesus. And if we're telling people to come experience my church, they're going to get lost in the experience and not get lost in the person that has made the experience possible. It's the story. What is your story? What is the pain? Where have you come from? What is the convergence point? What is that thing where, man, I was in pain? Man, I was struggling in my life, man. I found myself abused and broken. I had relationships falling apart. Man, my finances were out of order. I was lost in life, you know. I had this place where, man, my marriage was falling apart. But all of a sudden, I came to this place, and I surrendered my life to the Lord. I had this time where I I, I realized, wow, I have gone my own way. I've I've been trying to do it on my own. I heard a story of an individual that had a stalker in high school. And this this, this girl stalked him for like a year, literally stalked him for a year. And then he found out that she liked him. And then all of a sudden he realized she was there the whole time. He was like, oh, she she was like stand by my classes as I walked in. I just never realized it weird he's been married to her for the past 15 years now it's pretty interesting but 
You know, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> My brother, Pastor Brian, Jacqueline, followed him around for a whole year inside of high school, stalking him. Stalking him. But the moment he realized she liked, like there was a, like she liked him, all of a sudden he looked back and said, wow. Like she was here, she was there. Whoa, she was there. Whoa, she was there. Oh, my God. Like this is weird, but kind of cool. All right, all right, you know. <laughs> But here's the deal. This is what I believe about our Heavenly Father. He's chasing us down. We may be running today, running our own way, doing our own thing, living our own lives, and we are unaware of how God is chasing us down and how he's present in every moment. We are unaware of these moments. Man, you're broken. You're lost. You're hurting. I'm just saying, just, just a revelation today, just saying, hey, Jesus loves you. God loves you. So look how he's moving in your life. You may be in brokenness here today, but he's showing up in the middle of your madness. He wants to meet you in your madness. Jesus, whenever he tells the story of, of a heavenly father that loves his children, you can look at Luke 15. He tells three different types of stories, the one of the lost sheep, another one of a lost coin, and the one of a prodigal son. But this is what he speaks about, a lost sheep. He's willing to leave 99 good to go after the one that's lost. I'm telling you today, you may be going your own way. You may be broken. You may be in the middle of these like pain points. There's struggle all around you. It's falling apart. But let me just tell you, there's a God that is there and he's present and he wants to meet you. This is a part of the testimony. You may have brokenness, but that's okay. The, the brokenness does not, does not get God to pull away. The brokenness God leans in. It's the God we serve. You know, the lost coin, if there was a lost coin, you, you flip up the entire house to find that one coin because the one coin has value. But the prodigal son, he begins to talk about the prodigal son. Let me just tell you, you may be in this place here today where you are running, trying to work things out in and of yourself. The, the whole story of the prodigal son is the son thought he knew better. I know better on how to live my life. I got to get out from underneath the covering of my dad. I'm just lost in this thing. Uh, Dad, give me my inheritance. I wish you dead is basically what he's saying. Then he goes off to live how he wants to live. And a lot of us find ourselves here. We just want to do our own thing, out of alignment, out of authority, do it. We don't want God's way. We don't want anybody to tell us how to do it. We want to take God. We want to take all the blessing, and we want to just go do ourselves. We want blessing without the Lord's leading. We don't want to give God the credit for the blessing inside of our lives. We want the glory from him. Here's what you find about the story. When the son ran out of his decisions, the son ran out of, uh, of money based on his decisions, his living, whenever the product of his decisions came to a point where he found himself with his head down in the sloth uh, uh, of a pig's uh, sty, he found himself where he came to his senses and he said, Man, in my father's house, the least is better than this reality. And he said, man, coming to his senses, I'm going to go back to my father's house. I got to get back to my father's house because, man, this is a broken space. And I believe everybody in here, when we accept the reality of our, our past and the brokenness and the pain and the struggle, I'll tell you, for me, there was multiple times that I would sit around and say, woe is me. God, why am I here? Why do I feel so insecure? Why can I not fit in? Why do I have these talents, but I have no way to express them? Why do I live in this world of insecurity? Why do I want to isolate myself? Why do I spend time in depression? Why do I spend time in anxiety? I found myself hours after hours in chaos. 
But it came to a moment when I was laying in my bed and I looked up towards the roof. I was tired of living life my own way. And I said, God, where are you? 17 years old. And I audibly heard a voice back to me and said, I've been here the whole time. At that moment in time, my life changed. I realized there's a God that's pursuing me. I realized there's a God that finds me valuable. I realized there's a God that's willing to leave and come find me. I, I realized in that moment I said, wow, okay, I am valuable. I am called. Man, there is a God that loves me. But I need to do something very specific. I need to turn and repent. If you look at the story here of the three different things, Luke 15, this is the three themes you'll get out of it. And this is something we've got to look at. We've got to look at it in reality of what it is. Because there's a key to turning. There's a key to this awakening. There's a key to the realization of the brokenness and, and understanding what that is. Because you don't get to the middle if you don't have this, this, this moment of awakening. When you find inside of the story of, of, the, of those that are lost, it says, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. What is the key statement inside of here? One lost sinner who repents. Another statement in here in verse number 10. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's, uh, God's angels when even one sinner repents. Verse 21, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you. Key statement, I have sinned against you. I have missed the mark of your expectations. I take responsibility. I'm repenting. I'm coming to you, right? There's a key statement inside here. Father, I sinned against you, both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. In the awareness of our reality, we are sinful, we are broken, we try to go our own way. The power in the story comes whenever we're willing to realize that and say, man, we have fallen short. Because this is the reality. We're going this direction, doing our own thing. Repentance is, I'm walking away from that and I'm moving towards God. I'm repenting. Ah, God, forgive me for trying to do my own thing. I'm turning towards you. I'm going your direction. And there's, there's joy in heaven out of that. There's a shift in a heart when we do that. But our humanity is not built for that. Our humanity is not built to turn from our way. It's the awakening where we step into the light of reality. I'm like, look at our fallibility and look at our heavenly father. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. So there's a journey. Everybody's on the journey. What is the beginning point for you? What is the chaos you've lived in? What have you done? Where have you been? Where have you turned away from God? Where is it? Because that's the beginning of the journey. Now, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying glorify it. What I'm saying, recognize it. It's a part of the story. You've got to start somewhere. Somebody's got to know that because they've got to have that tension like, oh, my God, you were? Oh, that's crazy. Are you kidding? That's, oh, my God, that's amazing. It's incredible, right? I can't believe that, but wow. Because then you get into the second part of the story. Number two, if you want to write it, testimonies, right? Our testimonies that we have. Testimonies tell of the transformation. That's the power of a testimony, right? The transformation. I was this, but man, all of a sudden, man, I'm here. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Right? As Paul would write, and I think it's 2 Corinthians. 
Paul would speak about being a new creation in Christ Jesus. I love this. This scripture, we got it, second put it in, it's five, there we go. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Skip it down to 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become what? A new person. The old is gone and a new life has begun. Amen. Like there's an old life and a new one, right? There's a complete transformation. But here's the deal. If there's no recognition of the the work of Jesus Christ to go from this to that, there's no power in the testimony. It's just a good story. If If Jesus isn't in the story, there's no power to the testimony. Because then it's just good works. Well, you know, I was, I was in a broken state, and then I went to this seminar, and they gave me like seven steps. And now today, I'm financially secure. Amen in Jesus' name. Okay, where, tell me where Jesus is at now. Where's Jesus at? So you learned to budget, and you're good now financially. Okay, cool. But you're still robbing people. You're still greedy. You're still coveting other people's stuff. I need to hear Jesus inside of the story so you can tell a testimony of his goodness that took you out of serving the God of Moloch money. And now you serve God, the creator of the universe, and you are honoring him with your resources. Please tell me the story of transformation where you move from brokenness into life. We're not talking second, seven, seven step help group, you know, whatever it is, that now you're living a better life. I'm talking about a transformed life where you are serving and building the kingdom. The Apostle Paul, best of motives, you know, trying to protect, wrong action. Jesus had to show up on his journey and knock him off of his donkey. Had to get him off of his donkey. You're heading in your direction to do your thing. Let me get you off of your donkey and say, hey, you're off here, buddy. Right? The Apostle Paul has a story of, I'm going my direction, but Jesus. There's power inside of the story. Now, Paul, when he would show up to different places, he's not coming with, you know, uh, seven steps of help group or whatever, help, help methods. He's coming in with the power of a transformative God that sent Jesus down to save me, redeem me, restore me, take me from this angry murderer into this loving, graceful individual that I'm willing to be beat for the cause of Christ. They can kill my body. They can't mess with my soul. They can take me out, but I'm going to walk right back into the city and preach the gospel. It was, it was the, the holy, I mean, it's, it's God showing up in the middle of the journey. And here today, you may be in here searching and longing, and maybe you haven't had that moment. Maybe today is a day that the heavens can open up for you. And all the longing and striving and hoping and praying, there's a God that sees you on your journey. The hours and hours and hours and hours of depression, the moment after moment after moment of moment of missed opportunities because of insecurity, because of bondage, because of your old life ruling your today, you're missing what God has for your tomorrow. You're missing what God has for right now. I had a mentor of mine say, what you've got to do with the old life Take it out back, take a nine millimeter, and put a bullet in his head. It's not the most graceful way to say it, 
but that's how he said it to me. <laughs> and I needed to hear it. Tell you the truth, I needed to hear it. Because I kept on complaining about, yeah, but. He says, that's not who you are anymore, though. If you think that's who it is, you need to take him out back and put a nine mil in him, okay? Because that's your old man. He is dead. You're a new person in Christ Jesus. And today, maybe you're living in the, in, in the tension of that on, you have been saved, you have been redeemed, but you want to hang on to an old life. You don't want to let go. Maybe today's a realization on, yeah, you've come from pain. You've had your Jesus moment. Now it's just time to put a nine mil in the, I probably shouldn't say it that way, but you just need to put, you need to put a cap in your own self <laughs> in Jesus' name. I'm talking to somebody here today. Just put a cap in your old self. You're no longer an adulterer. You're no longer an addict of any sort. You're no longer a, 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 a greedy person. You're no longer serving the God of Moloch. You're no longer serving the God of career. You're no longer serving the God of any of that madness. You're serving Jesus Christ. You're a servant of the Lord now. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Grab hold of your new identity and run confidently in who he's called you to be. Run confidently in who he's called you to be. Like that. In Jesus' name. That was completely illegal, by the way. He was going way faster than 35 miles an hour on Broadway. So I'm not saying like that. I'm saying in that level of confidence in Jesus' name. Get after it in Jesus' name. That's not who you are. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. The new has come. You're the new creation in Christ Jesus. That is the power of your story. If you can't definitively say today that Jesus' power has shown up in the middle of your journey, you don't have a testimony yet. I'm saying Jesus wants to be the power at work in your story Maybe we need to start asking God to show up in the middle of our journey. Maybe there's some longing and some striving. Maybe there's some reaching, some hoping, some prayer that needs to happen to get Jesus into the middle. That maybe all the struggle of today is released whenever we come fully in the face of Jesus Christ. Maybe today we haven't fully submitted, repented. Maybe we're still living in the justification of why we did X, Y, and Z rather than just saying we've fallen short. I'm not trying to justify the life I've come from. I'm realizing it's chaos and it's reality, and I'm, I'm saying I, I repent. I turn from it. Maybe a few of you need to hear today that, yes, it is chaos you've come from. You've hurt people. You've wronged people. There are people today that do not think highly of you today. When your name is brought up, negative things are stated. That is a reality on a testimony. Embrace it. Don't live in the shame of it. That's where the enemy wants you. The enemy wants you in the shame of it. Look who you are. Look who you were. Look what you've done. But God. Haters are going to hate. I don't know if that even works right there, but it makes sense. <laughs> Satan hater. You know, Satan lovers are going to hate on Christ followers. It's going to be the reality, but that's the power of your testimony. You are speaking against who you were. You're just revealing that humanity has fallen and broken. And in you rising up in righteousness, you get to set a new story. 
to speak to the reality of God's goodness. You know, just literally, I was, I was hearing it yesterday. There's a marriage that was falling apart two years ago. They walked through these doors in shambles. But the wife had a God moment, a God encounter, where she changed completely. 180, like complete change inside of her life. She went from this person to a following Jesus, complete servant. I mean, and literally the kids don't recognize their mom anymore. They'll say, when are the cameras coming out? Because this is not, this can't be real. But there's a transformation. It's the power of Jesus Christ that changed her. She's a new creation. It's the power of God that showed up. That today in the testimony, I used to be, we used to be, but now Jesus Christ did this, and I got something to say now. I got something to say now. Number three, if you want to write it down, testimonies need to be told. Testimonies need to be told. How many of you guys have ever, like, watched a movie, read a book, and said, I didn't know that? You walked away like, whoa, that's crazy. I didn't know that. But the only reason why you knew it is because somebody was willing to tell it. And here's the deal. We are overcomers by the blood of the lamb. Amen. Jesus' life for our life and the power of our testimony. The only way there's power that's released in the story of what Jesus has done is whenever we share the story. <laughs> the enemy wants you to believe that there's no power in the story, but there's power in your story. What Christ has done for you, there's power in it because if he can do it for you, he can do it for anybody. If he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. It's inspiration for other people. It's the wow. If he's done it for you, man, he can do it for me. Acts 22 Paul is that, man. He, he gets up to speak in front of, of people, non-believers, and he says, you guys know who I was. Man, I was back there killing some folks. You know what's up. You know who I used to be, but now I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm advocate, advocating for the very person I was trying to hinder. Literally, he was, I stood at the feet of, of uh, um, uh, uh, the first martyr, Aaron, Stephen, there you go. That was like, Aaron, no, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen, the first martyr. He was at his feet. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Got a missionary, former missionary right here. Could be a missionary, Jason Parnell. Amen, thank you for your, and Tracy, you're awesome. Got my back. He's on the advisory board. He always got my back, amen. Stephen, the apostle Paul was at, witnessed the first martyr being persecuted, stoned to death because of his faith in Jesus Christ. And now he's advocating for the very people, going in representation of the very person that he was trying to stop. It's a testimony. We were like, I don't know if we want Paul to come to Jerusalem. He, he, was, he was killing some folks. People were concerned. They didn't know if it was like conversion was real. And that's the beauty of a story is when it defies people, whew, there's no way. You know her? She was crazy. That girl was crazy. You know, there ain't no way. <laughs> she ain't going to church. Don't lie to me like that. <laughs> she crazy. You know what I mean? He's crazy. He's wild. No way. No way. I love inside of our church. I mean, I look around in here today. I look around in here and I see adulterers. I look around in here, I see a whole lot of liars. 
look around, I see some people that have cheated, wronged a lot of people. <laughs> look around, man. I see, I see some brokenness up in this place. Some lost people. I see some addicts in here. What I see is not based on who you are. What I see is based on humanity. I don't know that because of you. I know it because of humanity. The same time, what I know about humanity is I can speak to specific stories in here on addicts that are set free by Jesus. Individuals in here that are leaders in their company, that because of the work of Jesus Christ in their life, they speak to his goodness inside of their company today. One person in our church, former drug dealer pushing weight. He's a good salesman. He had a gift. <laughs> Gave his life to Christ. Changed his life. He had a broken past. Surrendered his life fully inside of our church. Surrendered fully to God. And said, rather than hustling for the enemy, I'm going to hustle for the Lord. Started a Bible study inside of his church. Literally off a message I preached on, you're sitting on the sidelines and God is calling you to get in the game. You're on the bench, but he wants you in the game. He started a Bible study at his company. And there's anywhere from 50 to 100 men that will show up at a men's Bible study at 7 o'clock in the morning. But it all started in a place on, but God, power of Jesus Christ. Now he just speaks. I mean, he's speaking in some crazy situations. People that got money, but have no boundaries. Just imagine that. You got more money and no boundaries. What happens? Chaos. Marriages and relationships, brokenness. Strung out, chaos happens. Struggling in life. But he speaks of the goodness of God through the power of his testimony. Beautiful. What's your story? What's your testimony? What is God doing? I want, I want you today. I mean, you're walking away today. You say, I know Jesus Christ, but you're not sharing your story. I want you today to definitively walk out of this place on, I know the chaos I came from. I know the but God moment where his power showed up in the middle of my testimony and I have the conviction today to go share my story because testimonies need to be told and the only way people can be inspired by it or encouraged by it is if I'm willing to have the courage to share it. It's the only way. I mean, only way. But if we don't see the power, we won't share it. We talk about things all the time that we really enjoy. Are people hearing more about the restaurants you go to than the one that has saved you? Are they hearing more about the experiences you have in this world than the experience you had in your spirit, in your life? It's the power of your testimony. Some of you today right here, you're in the middle of it. You're longing and you're searching. There's a God-sized hole on, in the middle of your life. Let me just tell you, you are not alone on the journey. You're trying to figure it out here. Good. Search, seek, long. The Bible tells us that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. If you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door shall be open. I'm a firm believer that if you're pursuing God with the best of intentions, he'll knock you off of your horse. He'll meet you in a miraculous moment. And everything that you tried to reason out, God will reason right back in because of relationship with you. I believe it. He's a God that loves us and is willing to cross the cosmos for us. I mean, look at the life of Augustine. Augustine, literally after Constantine, right after Constantine, they made the state religion in 300 AD. Augustine is an individual philosopher. This individual is seeking truth, but he was caught up in sexual sin. 
he was very, he speak very eloquently of wanting to love and love people and, and be, and he was just caught up in sin. But God called out to him. And he's a man that has, has, has defined faith for us. He's a man that's written a lot of doctrine into our belief system, literally in the Judeo-Christian belief system. But he's a man that started in longing. And literally on his journey, he found himself one day hearing this thing on uh, a kid singing a song. And he said, man, I've never heard this song before. Basically what the song was saying that he heard this kid singing was, pick up the book and read. Pick up the book and read. And in that moment, he had this conviction to pick up the Bible, open it up and start reading. Begin to read. And it convicted him of his sin. And in that moment, he had a powerful moment to turn towards God. Powerful moment to turn towards God. You know what Augustine had? He had a praying mother. Let me just tell you today, if you're praying for somebody else in here, maybe your, your sons or your daughters that don't know the Lord, aren't following the Lord, there's a God that answers prayers. If you want a testimony for your kids, the testimony may come on the backside. Here's the deal. Here's the crazy thing about Augustine's story. His mom passed away the year before he actually gave his life to the Lord. She died not knowing. So if you're in here today and you're praying over your kids, you're praying over your friends, you don't ever have to see it. But the Lord may be calling you to intercede on their behalf. God, move in their heart, move in their lives. They're seeking, they're longing, they are hurting. Meet them where they are at. If that's you today, man, keep on praying. There's a God that wants to move on our behalf. He loves us so much. Loves us so much. Have you surrendered your life to the Lord? Maybe you're in here today and you're thinking, man, I don't know. Maybe you are in brokenness. It's a simple surrender to the Lord where, man, he could change your life, make you new today. Maybe you say, I don't have a testimony. Well, you're about to. If you want to, it comes in surrender. God can change your life. Maybe you're, you're sitting in this seat today because of the convergence points that led you to this moment. The pain of life, the struggle of life, the hurt of life, the letdowns in life, the failure, all of it. You're here today because of it. Every person in here that is, has a testimony has had a moment of surrender. And maybe today this is the call of God on your life to surrender. You're here. You've tried 10 other ways. you tried the self-help. None of it's worked. But you're here today, and what you believe, and what you're, where you're at, is a place that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit to meet us in our moment, and Jesus to fill our lives and our hearts. So, if you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, you got the best of intentions in your life, but you've never surrendered to Jesus. Maybe this is time to put some power in your testimony. Your good story can go to a great testimony. In surrender. If you never say yes to Jesus, you want to say yes to Jesus, give your life to him. Turn your life around. Go from my way to God's way. It's not that it's perfect, don't get me wrong. It's a shift in heart to say, I, my, my desire is to live to please my heavenly father, not to go my own way. If you're willing to make that turn right here, which is considered repentance, it's your moment where you get to repent. I'm turning. Forgive me for the chaos that has happened through the collateral damage of my, my decisions. And God, meet me in this moment of repentance where I'm turning, accepting responsibility and turning towards you. 
The Bible is very clear. We just say, hey, Jesus, we failed. But your life was given to pay the price of our failure. Our debt is canceled. We ask you to come into our heart, as 2 Corinthians said a minute ago, make us a new person. And by making us a new person now, we have a new destiny. We have a new direction. But it comes by confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says we shall be saved. So if you never said yes to Jesus and you want a moment right here to turn, this is your turning. Here's the deal. All my wife has in our marriage is my word. The document does not keep me connected. I'll pay child support for the rest of my life. Whatever. All my wife has is my word. My commitment's revealed in action. So today you're giving Jesus your word. this moment you get to you get to show him in action if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ and turn now's the time you want to put some power in the testimony in the story now's the time if you're here and you say I want to say yes to Jesus raise your hand say this is me my time tired of the running tired of the pain tired of the struggle amen amen hands all over the room amen a simple moment moment. The Bible says that, man, there's rejoicing in heaven over this man. In surrender, let's just all say this together. Say, Jesus, I thank you for your life. I thank you that you laid it down for me. I admit I am a sinner. I've fallen short. But today, I commit my life to you. I ask for forgiveness. I want you to come into my heart, change my life. Make me new today, Jesus. I am the new creation. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, can we all say amen together? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Turning. There's power in your testimony. If you don't have your testimony, it's time to start getting into the, the trenches. Every testimony has a test. Every testimony has a trial. You don't get a testimony without it. But embrace it and share it. If you don't have one today, press into it, man. In the longing of your life, I believe there's going to be a profound moment where God will meet you in the middle of your journey. Amen. Derek, take us away, my dude. Amen. Come on. Can we give it up for that incredible message here today? Amen. Well, hey, we're going to continue our time uh, in giving. Now, if it is your first time joining us, in no way, shape, or form are we asking you to give. This service is our gift to you. But if you're an owner in the house, we have a couple of ways that you can do that that are right behind me. Now, you know, on Wednesdays, if you didn't know, we have something called Pro Street Youth going down every single Wednesday at 6.30. So if you're a high school, middle school student... Or if you're a parent of a high school or middle school student, man, that is a place to be for community, and they have a great time there. But what's cool is that, man, this past week, we saw three students receive a Bible for the first time ever, which is incredible. Three students. And, man, what's even cooler is we have one of the students uh, put on social media something very powerful, and this is, what, this is what they went on to say. They said, 
had the most fun time at Prostrate Youth tonight. Played games, danced, talked about God, and I got my very first Bible. Thank you so much, not just for the Bible, but for everything. This church has changed my life and me so much, and I'll never, I'll never be more grateful for it and for God. I can't wait to start reading this Bible. How incredible is that, that we have a student that not only received the Bible, but went on to post it on social media to say how excited they were to read it. And man, that's the part that we get to play. When we give here today, man, we're not only impacting people on Sunday, but we're impacting students throughout the week, people outside of these four walls that we may never even get to meet. But our giving goes, goes towards that. So thank you so much to all the generous givers in the house that understand that it's bigger than ourselves. It's what God does with our resources here today. So thank you so much for that. Other than that, man, one quick announcement. We have Easter coming up April 17th. We're going to have four experiences for you to check it out. Easter at Pro Street Church happening April 17th. Service times will remain the same. It will be here. And so it's going to be a great time for our kids and also for our adults here in the house. So other than that, we love you. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week for week three of Tell the World. Have a great Sunday.